rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Yo, all right. Thanks, guys. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. I see people already coming into the chat room. That's great. And we meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. I hate Facebook, but it is what it is. We have a very large following over there, but more people go and chill out in the YouTube chat room. So if you're on the Facebook feed, come over to the RDT Daily YouTube channel and hang out with us okay that's all i can say because i don't see the chats coming in at facebook really so it's better for all of us to get together in one place if you can all right um yeah we meet here every saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m eastern at the rdt daily facebook and youtube channels and we're rebroadcast starting sunday at 6 p.m eastern on progressive voices or anytime on the progressive voices app and soundcloud itunes stitcher Please give the show a review on iTunes, a good review. If you don't have anything nice to say, then whatever. Please go post it at Fox News. I don't need to hear your shit. We want, we're trying to build a community here. We're trying to save democracy from Republicans. They are the enemies that the founders warned us about. That's the bottom line. I was thinking about what am I going to call the show today? And that's all the that's the thought that was going through my head the entire week that I w- was watching these impeachment hearings. I think maybe the audio may be too loud. I don't know. Whatever. It's so it can never can never just go smoothly, can it? Um. Yeah. That's why I ask you to become a patron, frankly. So maybe one day we can get a real studio. We can have real things. Real people on the board we can have all the things that other shows take for granted and i wish i could have like oh i don't know if you guys noticed francis jr jr sleeping well he's behind me and he's not wearing a cone he's doing a lot better he francis jr jr is our mascot he's my one of my cats i have two and he has some mental problems. Well, some of us, I mean, we all struggle. That's, that, that's why we have to have compassion. I mean, I don't have compassion for Republicans because I think they're idiots. I, maybe I should have more compassion for them. I, it's not compassion, though. What can you, how can you have compassion for the, a blood-sucking tick infesting your body politic, infecting it with disease, the disease of autocracy? I don't know. Is that would you would you have compassion? I have compassion for the pe- the the victims, the victims of them of and the, I have compassion for all those who gave their lives for this grand experiment in liberal democracy that are being disgraced. I don't know. So I when I say uh, I mean I have compassion for a lot of things. If I have compassion for the innocent. I have compassion for us, the those struggling on the wrong who woke up on the wrong side of Reaganomics. So, you know. Uh, anyway, but getting back to Francis, he uh, has a compulsive licking problem. That's why he was wearing the cone. And some people who have been watching the show and listening to the show for a long time understand they know the whole story of francis but i'll i can't tell it again i'll tell it another time maybe i'll put it on the patreon page as a 
exclusive for the patrons so people can know what the hell, why he's in a cone, why he's our mascot, why he means so much. I mean, he's, of course, he means a lot because he's just, he's a living creature that needs needs love and care and compassion. But also, he has this, he overcame a lot of struggles. But he, um, anyway, he's on some medication now. He's on Prozac. It seems to be helping him with his obsessive licking problem. So, fingers crossed. Let's hope he stays cone-free. So he, I mean, basically, he's been in a cone, a, a, a soft cone. I ordered a, not a plastic cone, a, a soft cloth cone. But he's been in that cone for the better part of three years. So <laughs> this is progress. So, all right. Um, yeah. Let me see. Republicans, yeah. Uh, what was I thinking today? What was I thinking? What was I? Well, I was thinking that... I mean, all week I was thinking of this when I was watching the impeachment hearings and the response from the Republicans. I was like, this, this country's over. Unless, and it's not just about electing a Democrat, too. Of course, when, we, we, when you're in a hole, stop digging. That's the first rule, right? You, when, you're, when your artery's bleeding out, you need to stop the bleeding. You, but, you know, I mean, we need more than a Band-Aid for that bleeding artery. Trump didn't get there overnight. There's a reason. He's only an, a, a, an, an idiot like him, a criminal, a con man, like Twitler, could only rise to power in a, in a broken system. So, if we have a candidate f- for the Democratic Party that doesn't recognize that, then we're in big effing trouble. We're, so, this, this is why. I mean, I know before uh, um, the 2016 election, uh, for many years, many people, myself included, would talk about how this country needs to wake up. We... Are uh, we're slipping into fascism, and what what's really needed is is something to get people uh, to uh, to hit bottom, like an alcoholic hitting bottom, so we can under so I mean we understand, but those on the outside who don't get politics or don't involve themselves in the day to day of what's going on in the government that all those soldiers in Arlington National Cemetery died to entrust to us. But, uh, yeah, we would talk about we need this this event that would, or, you know, wake us up. And here it is. For, for real, Susan Sarandon, she gets a lot of flack for saying that Trump will wake people up. And, but, yeah, she's, but she's 100% right. Many people are coming in, into, not come, I don't know, what's the word, are involving themselves in, in politics, getting involved for the first time in their lives, many people. So that's good, but it's not just, it's not enough to simply elect a Democrat. I'm, I, watching the debate was so irritating for many reasons. First of all, how many effing Democrats do we need? Is it, enough is enough. 
We need, it needs to be over. There's 10 people on the stage so we can bounce back and forth and then the corporate media can all do a circle jerk about Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar. Get the hell out of here. I watch MSNBC, of course, because I can't, I mean, I'm, I, I don't take blood pressure medicine. There's only so much I can take. I couldn't sit there watching Fox. So, but and MSNBC is bad enough. It's corporate media. This is why I say, please become a patron on top of, you know, if you can't be a patron, do, there's other things that can be done, of course. Like, and, and, and the, I have to say, I'm very grateful to all of you because you do. The, those who are the early adopters of this show are very dedicated, and I see that, and I appreciate that. They share the show. They tweet about the show. They do their best, and that's great because that's how we're going to grow and get the word out. That's the other thing. We're, we're up against not just the right-wing media. This, we're up against the left-wing. Not, it's not even left-wing. The corporate media. The, the, they're a little bit nicer, Republicans. That's what the corporate DLC Democrats are. If I have to hear Amy Klobuchar go on about how she can get Republicans to vote for her, I'm going to, I don't know, poke my eyes out with a pencil. I don't know why I would do my eyes. I guess you would want to do your ears <laughs> because I don't, I don't know, see through my eyes. I see a lot, but I don't hear through them. I mean, so... But I would. Uh, uh, is that that's how we're gonna win an election? To well, we have to become Republicans. Get the f out of here! Because the Republican Party has decimated itself. Has become the the subservient, the oligarchy party. That now Democrats they have to fill that void by becoming Republicans. Give me a break. Where's the Democratic Party? The only thing that will win and restore this country to its post-New Deal economic vibrancy and shore up a country so a Twitter will never rise to power again is the FDR Democratic Party, is the Liberal Democratic Party, is Medicare for All, is universal health care, universal higher education, everybody in, nobody out. That's how we do it. High marginal tax rates, progressive taxation, fair, fair taxation. So Amazon doesn't get, around, get away with paying zero. FedEx get away with paying zero while they ride our public roads, use our public education system to, uh, to, to they're, not, they're not opening up universities teaching people to read. They use the the education system that we invested in to hire their employees so they can read their whatever their delivery sheets or whatever this is that's what's civilization if you don't want to pay the price to to of admission to civilization then get the f out go get out go to liberland that's what I don't understand, these effing billionaires. There should be no billionaires. And I don't want to hear any Democrat, so-called Democrat, going off about how punitive it is to tax the rich. 
Well, what they need to start talking about is how patriotic it is. Because you cannot have a democracy and intergenerational aristocracy and concentrated wealth at the same time. And that's why we have an estate tax that the Republicans repealed. They re- as part of Twitler's tax giveaway to the 1%, because that's the last thing we needed. If we, in this country, when the, the most unequal of all the OECD nations, we did not need to make it even more unequal. But that's what Twitler did, and that's the Republicans are right on track for creating their intergenerational aristocracy. When you repeal an estate tax, the, that, that means that the wealthy, and when we're talking about the, rich of the, the richest of the rich, they get to pass on their fortunes, their ill-gotten gains, to their undeserving heirs tax-free. So we have a Donald Trump Jr. gets all his ill-gotten gain tax-free. Why should he have to pay the price of admission for civilization? He's riding on our backs, and that's the way he thinks it should be. You know, he was born on third base thinking he hit a triple like the rest of the aristocracy that the Republicans suck up to. And if they're, because if they're not in the aristocracy, the Republicans who get into government, they're getting into government not for altruism. They're getting in to shore up that aristocracy. They want to be one of them. They want to be one of the boys, you know, at the, at the yacht club. That's how they feel alive. They don't feel alive when they're helping other people. They, they feel alive when they're playing golf when they're with, with, a, with a con man who grifted and, and rode racism into the executive office. That's when they're feeling alive and they're smoking cigars on the golf field and, and, and coming up with ways to siphon more money out of the federal treasury for their own benefit. I hate them. Honestly, I do. I, I guess, should I be better? I don't know. No. I don't like them. What can I say? Because I'm not, a, I'm not a Putin puppet. I believe in the promises in our founding documents. I don't know about them. They don't. That's for sure. And, the, and those who vote for them are the useful idiots. Then that's why it, it's so depressing this week to watch the impeachment hearings, to see and, and to listen to Republicans repeat Putin's propaganda, be called out for it, and then go right on repeating the propaganda again and again. The very next day that, that Twitler was, uh, that the, uh, of the impeachment hearing when Fiona Hill called the Republicans out for repeating Putin's propaganda, the very next day Twitler goes on, on Fox and Friends and repeats Putin's propaganda. Oh my God. Anyway, so and what do you do? And they're they're so now it's going to the Senate, and apparently they've it's all been decided. Mitch McConnell, they're not going to vote against this con man, this Putin puppet, tax cheating, draft dodging, serial bankrupt. Fake invoice creating, fake university peddling, fake vitamin scam peddling con man whose half of his inner circle is going to jail, but it's all a ruse, a hoax, right? 
Don't believe your eyes. Just believe what Twitler tells you. Believe the guy who told you that a Trump University degree was going to make you a successful businessman like him. You know, he only pulled himself up by his bootstraps with a $1 million loan from his daddy, which he paid back. All of that is a lie because he got $250 million from his daddy that he bankrupted six times over, and his daddy had to bail him out numerous times. And in fact, when his daddy was dying, Twitler didn't give a shit. He, he tried to get his daddy to sign a document uh, uh, nefariously to make Twitler the executor of his will so he could continue to grift and siphon money out of daddy's accounts because that's what he was afraid of. Not that he would miss his daddy. He would miss his daddy's money. And his daddy said, this doesn't look right. This doesn't smell right. That's what he said. Because that's what you usually say when when Twitler walks in the room. Something smells weird in here. Mamma mia. I am now kicking somebody off Republican Dirty Tricks on the Facebook page. And it feels so good. Let me see. You're now sounding like an idiot, and I am probably going to say bye-bye. Well then, bye-bye. Bye, Travis Gregory. See you later. Get out of, Get off my page. Who cares? Travis? Why are you even here? Fuck off. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. Go beg a billionaire for a trickle. This isn't for you. You'd rather vote for a serial bankrupt Putin puppet con man who received fewer votes. You know, go for it. Republicans never got this democracy thingy. They don't like it. They have always been against democracy. They, they, They are the enemies from within that the founders warned us about. That when I took the oath, when I was wearing the uniform of this country... Well, that was before. I didn't get the uniform yet. I took the oath. What what does the oath say? We will protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and domestic, for a reason. They understand that some people have weak wills, that they don't care about others. In order to function in democracy, in order to be a functioning adult uh, and, and capable, who's capable of functioning in a democracy, of 320 million diverse people, you have to have a level of maturity. You have to be able to get along with other people. You have to not uh, be a sociopath. You have to not be able to share. You have to not be a fearful little little you know, coward. That's the thing with Republicans. Large amygdalas. They're cowardly. They don't, the scary complex world makes them very afraid. So they need a daddy, a big daddy, even if it's a a big doofus daddy, to tell them that everything, everybody's going to get in their place and they'll feel better. It doesn't matter what reality is. It doesn't, they'll, as long as he says, all, if he tells them everything is okay, it's like when, you're, when your parents put you to sleep and they give you a bedtime story about tooth fairies. It's not real, but you feel better. 
And that's Republicans. They're incapable of functioning in the, in the free democratic society that they could only pretend to love. What do they love about democracy? Because they hate government. That's the thing. They talk about how they hate government. Government is the problem. It's not the solution. When, when they're talking about that they hate government, what they really mean is that they hate democracy. They hate America. Because what is America except her government? The government that the founders entrusted to us. So, you know. They hate it. They hate it. They want a, They want an autocracy. Don't don't be confused. That's why Twitler. I almost said Putin, but Twitler praises the strong men of this of this sad planet. They're str- oh, he's so strong and tough. He 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 said that Putin was stronger and tougher than Obama, and on. On, twit- on Twitter, Twitler's uh, t- tweeting out how he will, will, this is before he became the so-called president, will Putin please be my best friend? What a bitch. What a little lickspittle bitch. The greedy. You know, that's why when I was in the National Guard, I had to go through a security clearance process because of my MOS. And... So I went through the security clearance process that Jared Kushner couldn't pass, that half of the Twitler cabinet couldn't pass. Well, I don't know about the cabinet. All of his fa- his family members, Ivanka, they don't have security clearance. They couldn't pass the, the security clearance until Twitler waved his magic Twitler wand and gave it to them. Oh, he's allowed to because I guess the founders never... They they probably I mean I guess they they had they had a failure of imagination who the hell knows would they imagine that there would be a president that was such a such a traitor to America may I guess they had more faith in humanity who the hell knows I don't know because they they just allow him to give security clearances out like whatever he he feels like it he just, in fact, what just happened with the Navy SEAL guy, the, the war criminal, who the, his, fellow, his fellow soldiers said, no, thanks, you're not one of us, because we, you're, supposed to have, in, in, uh, you're supposed to have standards. Not in Twitler's army. In Twitler's army, you just have to be a, a beast. You have to be a, a, somebody who likes to take pictures with corpses. We're supposed to be better than that. That's why you don't allow everybody into the military. You don't allow um, white supremacists, racists. There's a, there's a screening process. And if you're found out to be one of these cowards, they kick you out. But in Twitler's army, he, he'll take anybody. It's a, it's a scum bucket, Twitler's army. He'll take any scumbag who can, do, uh, who can pass the PT test. It's really unbelievable. So, yeah, the, what, this just happened today, that military leaders hoping to see the Secretary of Navy, hoping to, uh, wait, keep the Secretary of the Navy from quitting, lobby President Effin Twitler up on, on, uh, on board Air Force One to stop intervening in the case of a Navy SEAL accused of murder, say five current and one former military and defense official. On Thursday, 
Twitler waded once again into the case of Chief Petty Officer Edward Gallagher, a Navy SEAL accused of murdering a wounded ISIS militant in Iraq in 2017. Gallagher was acquitted by a military court but found guilty of posing with the dead prisoner's body, which is a disgusting thing. So that's, that betrays someone as not mentally fit to be in the Army and to carry a weapon. That's, you know, maybe he cracks. It's time for him to go. And there has to be, there, there used to be standards. There were other, the, the, another case that Twitler waded in on was uh, that he overturned the conviction was uh, his own platoon. The guy's own platoon turned him in. So, but Twitler knows better. A guy who never put on a uniform, who never, who's in a long line of cowards who never sacrifice a day. They never sacrifice their effing lunch, much less a day of service to this country. So why would, uh, what, you know, he's, he's, he, he went to the great lengths to get out of serving Mr. Bone Spurs, poor little Bone Spurs. They seem to clear up when he's on the golf course. He's a filthy, he's a filthy, disgusting disgrace to this country, and him wading in. So, oh, well, let me just figure, finish this here. Trump, who had previously restored Gallagher's rank, denounced a, a, a new Navy administrative probe into whether Gallagher should remain in the elite SEAL Corps. Corps. Yeah, that's how you say it, right? Corps. Uh, the Navy will not be taken away. Oh, this is what he tweeted. The Navy will not, with all caps, be taking away warfighter and Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher's trident pin. Like, fuck you, Twitler. They, that's bestowed on someone who's earned it. And this bone spur coward, this idiot who thinks he knows about, who knows about what it's like to be in the military because he saw a movie, is going to stick his filthy, fascist, greed-centered, dictator-envying... Kim Jong-un licking ass, his nose, into the, the, the decision of the military? He's a, he's, and it, him doing that, it, it not only disgraces the military and everybody who wears the uniform honorably, but it, it puts everyone in danger, all those who wear the uniform and civilians. Not that he gives a shit, because it's all about pleasing a certain segment of of the Fox News base, of the idiots, like Travis Gregory. I'm trying to get rid of him. How do we get fucking rid of him? <laughs> For some reason, it's being difficult. Anyway, whatever. I'll get back to it later. Uh, maybe he can self-deport. Contrary to popular belief, I'm still here. I didn't threaten to resign, Navy Secretary Rick Spencer said Saturday. On Thursday, Spencer had responded to Trump telling White House that a tweet is not an official order, and if the president is ordering the Navy to end the Trinet Review Board of Gallagher, he needs to do so in writing. I mean, really, he, he's too lazy, though. You know, what are you going to get a big markered piece of paper uh, with all caps in fucking Sharpie like a two-year-old? 
That's Twitter for you. Uh, and what a, what a joke. Did you see that, too, when he came out? To, I have a statement for everyone. The fake news. I have a statement. I told, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want nothing. This is uh, written down in all caps. There was no quid pro quo. This is like he knows what that means. Okay. D- please define quid pro quo, Twitter. Do us, do, just, just humor me. Fucking idiots. These Republicans, if, if they loved this country, th- it wouldn't have gotten this far. Twitler would have been removed long ago. And it doesn't matter what he does. He, you're, He's right. He could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue. These fascists don't give a shit. And with them, if we allow them, this republic will go the way of many, many republics before it. And it will dissolve into autocracy. Just like the Roman Republic. How it was around hundreds of years longer than we're around. With the same sense uh, of democracy. Not democracy. Republic. In, that was built. in That was drummed into their the Roman head. Even in the Roman Empire. When it was a. When it, it did dissolve into autocracy. They still walked around with their. You know, SPQR. For the Senate and people of Rome. They still had their local elections. They had the veneer. That they were a republic. They never called their their emperor. Uh, well especially Augustus. The first Roman emperor. He's not, he was not the emperor. He was the first citizen. The Principus. That's where we get our word prince from. So, you know, you have the trappings of the of a, a republic, but it will be gone. Like in China, like in in Russia. What is that their their president? Putin's a president? President Xi is a president? No, he's a king. That's it's they just call it president. They have bamboozled most people. And if we don't do something about it, it's going to be done. We will be done. The grand experiment in liberal democracy is going to be dead. And and of all people to kill it, though, right? That a con man. That's what it takes. And if we weren't already slipping into fascism, this wouldn't be happening. I saw Steve Schmidt, who is a who who's a Republican and very uh, you know a respected political pundit, um, a someone who hates Trump. I appreciate many times or many of the things that he says, but he was going off against Bernie Sanders, of course, and Elizabeth Warren, Medicare for all. I don't understand what's with these Republicans and these elite, these corporate media mouthpieces. What what is it? Do they got stock in GoFundMe or something? Really, it's it's uh, beyond belief for me. We can do anything. America can do anything it wants, except that we can't do what every other country does. We can't have Medicare for all, universal health care. We can't make sure that people don't go bankrupt when they get cancer or that 35,000 Americans needlessly die for lack of care. We can't do that, but let's, but we can do anything, anything but that. That's how corrupt this country is. Believe me, it's, it is, there are two things that we, if we were mature, if we were 
adults, if the majority, I mean, we are adults, it's the Republicans, the right-wingers, conservatives, and the DLCers who, who for some reason want to suck up to them. They, if, we, if we were capable of confronting the, the inherent racism that built this country and uh, the money in politics, we, the, these two things are preventing us from, uh, from having a functioning democracy. We would, uh, we'd already have universal health care. If we didn't have money in politics, that would have been, we would have done that decades ago, generations ago. And racism on top of it. If we, it's really that's part of the problem of this country. The original, one of the original sins. Well, the original sin is the, is the genocide against the American, the Native Americans, and racism. This country was built on racism, and we don't acknowledge that. The uh, the sla- the of the enslavement of other human beings. You know these little things that we need to come to grips with. And uh, corruption, money and politics. So the the other thing that Twitter during this impeachment, we are supposed to believe now, this is how stupid the Republicans think we are, that we're supposed to believe that Twitter was only asking about Joe Biden. He's only got a bug up his ass about Joe Biden and Burisma because he's... He's rooting out corruption in Ukraine. Give me an effing break. He's so he's a he's a crime fighter. That's Twitler, right? All of it's only I guess maybe all his uh, how many uh, Trump associates are in jail now? Roger Stone, Michael Cohen, like maybe they're going in undercover to root out corruption. But everybody who is in Twitler's inner circle. You know, they all got indictments, crimes, all meetings with Russians. It's, uh, I guess it's all just rooting out corruption somehow. That's how stupid they think we are. And they, uh, Republicans just don't care. As I have said for years, the Republicans hate America. They hate democracy. They're, and by extension, they hate America because what is America? If you hate this government, you fucking hate America. I'm sorry. What is the what is America? Is it I mean even everything about America Republicans hate. They like they like their little world. They like their little bubble. I'm talking about now the average Republican. What what do they love about America? They love red, white and blue, is that it? They love the colors. That's uh, that's like a 2-year-old. Of course. Well, I mean, that makes sense. They're, because Republicans are, are like emotionally stunted. I mean, I would say children. They're not even children. It's they're toddlers. Because children grow up. They, they, you can't con- compare a Republican to a child because they, the children have an excuse. They, they learn. They grow up. They become adults. What are the Republicans' excuse? It's like they're sociopathic perpetually stunted Peter Pan. Well, and Mr. Magoo, too. Just walk... Uh, that's, that's what we're supposed to believe about Mike Pence. That's the other thing. Mike Pence, nobody... Um, the, because Mike Pence is in up to his albino eyebrows, as uh, they say on Stephanie Miller's show, or, with in, in on the corruption. He is a filthy, disgusting, corrupt 
uh, sycophant like the rest of them. And so they, uh, but we're supposed to believe that Mike Pence is, he doesn't, he's like Mr. Magoo bumbling around. Nobody tells him anything. That's why they fired Michael Flynn, apparently, even though, Twitler was informed that Flynn was, uh, he's basically a uh, foreign, he's a foreign, uh, what was he doing? He was, I don't know, what, an agent? He was working, he never identified himself as working for another autocrat. These people are disgusting. You see what I'm saying? And Mike Flynn was working on, a th- on some kind of clandestine uh, plot to kidnap a, a Turkish national and send him back to to Erdogan so he could be tortured and killed. That's who these people are. They don't they that's somebody who loves democracy? Really? No, they don't love it. They hate it. And that's why they're dismantling it. They hate America and uh you know, prove me wrong. Just waving a flag doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Uh, wearing a made-in-China American flag lapel pin, that doesn't prove you love America. If you hate everything about it, if you hate everyone in it, that means you hate this country. That's what I, I have said that for years, that Republicans don't love America. They're confused by her. And I actually wrote, I think I wrote a, one of those tirades about that. I'm looking for, actually, I have so many windows open here. I'm looking for you guys. I'm trying to find the chat, and I can't find it. So many windows. This is why I ask you to please become a patron. Because there's just so too many windows open. <laughs> too many windows. Let me see, where can I find you? Holy shit. I hope we're we're going out over the air. Okay, there's that. Yeah, anyway. So, um Donald Trump, Twitler, Devin Nunez. What a what a show. They that's the other thing that the these filthy, disgusting Republicans, they've learned they learned right from Putin's knee. You accuse your opponent or those that are trying to out you for the corrupt cronies that you are. Uh, you accuse the those who are in opposition to your corruption of being corrupt, of the very thing of, of which you yourself are guilty. And that's why the Republicans, you know, it's not like, there, in the time of Nixon, when all the Republicans got together and they went over to to, to meet with Nixon, and they were like, "Listen, um, it's over, Booby. You're you you gotta go." They, I, where are those? Where are those Republicans? The, today, the Republicans they meet. Twitler invites them over, and they go and they meet with him. These are now when they when the press confronts them, confronts these filthy fascists in, uh, in the halls of Congress about, the, you know, uh, what, asking them the question, questions about what they think about impeachment. Oh, I can't talk to you. I'm uh, going to be a juror. But they'll go and meet with Twitler, Mitt Romney and Susan Collins, 
and they're not in there to go to tell him to step down. They're in there to, for what? And Twitler is, he is like, it's just like, um, where, where did I wrote this down here? I mean, right. <laughs> they're having lunch. It's, it just goes to show you how much these Republicans are sycophants because they, they, have no, they have no honor or dignity. This guy who, who turns on everybody, who, makes, who mocks them. What did he say about Mitt Romney? What does he call Mitt Romney? I mean, Lindsey Graham, he calls, uh, I, I, well, no, that was uh, Ted Cruz, I'm sorry. But the, before he's, they get something out of him, Mitt Romney, he, they, what was that? What was he, he called Mitt Romney, anyway, I'm not, I mean, I'm saying it the, the wrong way. Mitt Romney called him a danger to democracy, and then he gets elected, he gets elected despite re- receiving fewer votes, and there's Mitt Romney sitting there trying to get a spot in his administration. That's how disgusting these people are. They have no honor. And then, despite all of his crimes, and when they know about it, that's how we, we have to believe that the Republicans are in on it. What does Putin have on these fuckers? We, I know that he funnels money through the NRA, that the, that all, the Russian oligarchy funnels money through the NRA into the coffers of the Republicans. And this is not a conspiracy theory. It is the, it's actually, you know, we know about it. Wait, I'm just looking it up. Because one of the things that during the impeachment hearing, Devin Nunes gave a very concise list of all of the crimes, of Twitler's crimes. And it was like, and then they, could, they accused the Republicans are taking Russian oligarch money funneled through the NRA. Yeah, bitch, because that's what happened. And he's presenting it like it's, it's some conspiracy. Meanwhile, the real conspiracy that came out of Putin's, uh, you know, uh, right out of the Kremlin, they're, they're repeating as if it's the Bible, which they don't believe in. Any, I mean, they, they hate. Oh, please. They're just full of shit. Just they, they talk about Jesus. It's the same. They have the same relationship to their phony Jesus as they do to the America they purport to love so much. It's the same transactional relationship. Let me hold on a second here. I still can't find you guys' chat, so please forgive me. I will find it. I will. I swear. NRA was a foreign asset to Russia ahead of 2016. New Senate report reveals. And there's, there's Devin Nunez saying it like it's, it, was, it was just some kind of lie from, uh, from the DNC server in Ukraine. The National Rifle Association acted as a foreign asset for Russia in the period leading up to the 2016 election, according to a new investigation unveiled Friday by Senator Ron Wyden. Update, this is on, this is in April, April 2019. Drawing on the contemporaneous emails and private interviews in an 18-month probe, the Senate Finance Committee's Democratic staff found that the NRA underwrote political access, access, sorry, for Russian nationals Maria Butina and Alexander Torshin, more than previously known, even though the t- even though the two had declared their declared their ties to the Kremlin, and we know that when Maria Butina she got released from jail, and 
What? Tell me, um, how many how many pictures did this bitch take with all, all these Republicans who didn't take a picture with Maria Butina? Hanging around. Remember how uh, Obama was palling around with terrorists, according to Steve Schmidt. Not, and, uh, well, Sarah, Sarah Palin's uh, Steve Schmidt. You know what I'm saying. Steve Schmidt's Sarah Palin. That uh, palling around with terrorists. We have the... Uh, that's not even real, though. That's not real. But the, we really have a Russian spy palling around with the GOP. With the big wigs in the GOP, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump Jr., Twitler himself. The report also describes how closely the gun rights group was involved with organizing a 2015 visit by some of its leaders to Moscow. Remember this? Is that where they were turned, maybe? In March 2014, the U.S. government sanctioned Dmitry Rogozin a hardline deputy to Vladimir Putin, the head of Russia's defense industry and longtime opponent of American power in retaliation for the invasion of Crimea and eastern Ukraine, which is why we were giving defense money to Ukraine to stop the invasion, to protect the fledgling democracy from the filthy fascist Republicans who Twitler and the Republic, I mean the fifth filthy fascist Republic, Putin, you know what I'm saying. Putin, that the filthy fascists, it's, it's, uh, it's all getting mixed up in my mind. You understand? Because it's like they're all in together. The meeting, which hasn't been previously reported in the American press, is one stand, strand in a, in a web of connections between the Russian government and Team Trump. Attorney General Jeff Sessions and former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn both denied speaking with Russian with the Russian ambassador, which turned out to be untrue. Former campaign manager Paul Manafort supported pro-Russian interests in Ukraine. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson was on was won an order of friendship from Putin. And then, of course, there's the hacking campaign that the U.S. intelligence agencies say Russia launched to tilt the election in Trump's favor, which they're still doing. Because the Republicans want that. They need every they need all the help they can get. Here's the thing. The Republicans are not the majority in this country. They never have been. They're not only they're more registered Democrats, but they they they're always a minority. That's why if Democrats just run as Democrats, they'll they'll win. But anyway, what do I know? Meeting with, let's see, meeting with Rogozin, a target of, oh, that's the other thing that effing Devin Nunez said during that, his, uh, his litany of Trump's crimes and connections to Russia, which were all true. He was like, and then they accused the, they accused Trump of changing the GOP platform to favor Russia, which is what they did. It's and so all the idiots on Fox News are going to believe the the lie. They're not going to believe that this is what the Republicans did. Twitler did all these things. Of course he did. They're going to believe that it's the they're that Democrats when they come with when when they report the truth, it's fake news. It never happened. It's just a lie, and it's exactly what they did. It's this is the end of the of the grand experiment. 
That's why I'm like, it's crazy making. Make no mistake, Republicans have destroyed this country. You don't, you cannot devalue the currency of truth like this and have a functioning democracy. It's not, you, it's just, I mean, we've always had uh, people who disagree, but we have always kind of, I suppose, I mean, I guess the goal is to, we all believe in a democratic republic. Our answer to losing an election isn't to make it so that the people who won't vote for us can't vote. You know what I mean? Unless you hate democracy or rigging your the neighborhood into a, a salamander, into the shape of a salamander so you can pick the voters rather than the voters pick the representatives. That's corruption to the highest order. And, and sucking billionaire ass like it's going out of style, for Christ's sakes. How much money do these fuckers need? I thought they loved Jesus. Didn't their Jesus tell them to give their money to the poor and go follow him? Not in these mother effers. They're, they're full of shit from sun up to sun down and every minute in between. That's what gets me so crazy because it's just so, it never stops. Devin Nunez, really? That's, that's the best you got. Well, I guess if you have, you have to have somebody that has absolutely no integrity. What, I mean, really? That we have always battled people like him through history. We've had to stand up and evolve despite them. Jim Jordan, Devin Nunez. Just tonight, Devin Nunez, I'm trying to look this up here, Les Parnas, you know, one of these, Lev and Igor. Real upstanding citizens. This is a guy who were, they, uh, he was involved with different, different uh, financial, like, what do you call it? Not even financial institutions, just these pump and dump operations, mob, real mob stuff. And someone was going to blow the whistle on them in Florida, and the and all of a sudden they were getting rats mailed to them, dead rats. This is Lev Parnes. These are Trump's pals, Trump Jr. This is somebody you go and eat dinner with? Oh, I don't know these people. I, I know nothing about these people. Meanwhile, there's pictures, them sitting eating eating dinner, Giuliani. It's unreal. Devin Nunez. Oh, here's Tara Jr. Hello, Tara Jr. Every time, right? We <laughs> Hello, Tara Jr. And those on the podcast, Tara Jr. has joined the show. He's now laying on my lap. Oh, wait. This is, I'm not reading this article. Holy shit. That's from The Blaze. Maybe we should read it. Let's see what the play says. Devin Nunez announces swift legal action against CNN and Daily Beast for demonstrably false stories. Okay. The, the, all right. The, the, the false story is, well, I'll read it. Rep- Representative Devin Nunez, the ranking member on the House Intelligence Committee, announced late Friday that he will file lawsuits against CNN and the Daily Beast for demonstrably false and scandalous stories. CNN published a story Friday alleging that Nunez privately met with former Ukrainian prosecutor 
Prosecutor Victor Shokin in Vienna last December to discuss digging up dirt on Joe Biden. The news outlet published the story after the lawyer for Lev Parnes, a Rudy Giuliani associate, was indicted on unrelated federal charges. The Let's see, last month. He told CNN that his clients want to tell Congress what he knows about the alleged meeting. Earlier in the week, the Daily Beast published a story claiming Parnas aided Nunez in his European affairs, including setting up meetings and calls with Ukraine. Now, who do you believe? Who do you believe now? So Giuliani ex, uh, associate is willing to tell Congress Nunez met with ex-Ukrainian official to get dirt on Biden. So he's going to sue. Let's let's hold our breath. That that's the tactic. That's another Trump and Z tactic. Just threaten to sue. Like Trump's going to sue all of the accusers who who came forward and said that Trump sexually assaulted them. He's going to sue anybody who says he's not as rich as he claims to be. Let's do it. Do it. Because when you sue, there's something called discovery. So the truth will come out. But that'll be fake. And then the the judge will be Mexican or something. Or it'll be somebody who voted for a Democrat. And that's how you destroy a democracy right there. It's, uh, I'm so sick of listening to these Republicans talking about how, oh, well, this one was a Democrat, this one came from Clinton, and this one was on an Obama, was an Obama appointee. Who gives a shit? People are living their lives. No one is sitting around. If Republicans weren't as corrupt as they are, no one is sitting around saying, how am I going to get, get him? Let me get Twitler. And the only reason they, th- if anybody is, th- th- it's not about getting Twitler. It's about exposing him for the effing criminal he is because you care about this country. That's why the lieutenant commander, I mean, the le- lieutenant colonel came, uh, came forward. What's his name? I can't remember his name. Lushenko. Um, yes, Victor. All these names are getting confused, right? They're not Lushenko. Wait, 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 wait. Lou. Oh, whatever. I'm just, I can't think of all these names. Everybody's names are they're escaping me. Impeachment. Hold on, guys. I know there's no sound coming out. <laughs> Yes, it's a witch hunt. Yes, Alexander Vindman. I'm sorry, guys. Who's Lushenko now? I'm getting confused. Uh, He's probably one of the crooks. I can't remember. Vindman? Yeah, it's Vindman. Yes, Lieutenant uh, Colonel Vindman. Yes, Vindman. Vindman. Anyway, um, a lawyer for an indicted associate of Rudy Giuliani told CNN his client is willing to tell Congress about meetings the top Republican on the House Intelligence Committee had in Vienna last year with a former Ukrainian prosecutor to discuss digging up dirt on Joe Biden. The attorney, Joseph Bondi, represents Lev Parnas, the recently indicted Soviet-born American. Oh, my God. 
Soviet porn. See, if it was on, if this was the other side, they would be because they're they're literally attacking Lieutenant Colonel Vindman for being a, an immigrant. But whatever, they'll hang out with your. If you're an immigrant and you're corrupt and and mobbed up, you're good to go, buddy. Mr. Parnas learned from former Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin that Nunez had met with Shokin in Vienna last December. Shokin was ousted from his position in 2016 after pressure from Western leaders, including then-Vice President Biden, over concerns that Shokin was not pursuing corruption cases. But you see, in the mixed-up world of the Republican bizarro, uh, you know, where de- autocracy is democracy and... Hated, hatred of country is love of country, uh, that it's the poor put-upon prosecutor, Victor Shokin, is, was ousted because Joe Biden wanted to get rid of him because he was such a crime fighter that, that Shokin was going to investigate his son. That, this is the story that they're weaving on Fox News. Meanwhile, it wasn't just Joe Biden. This guy was well, the the it was the foreign policy of the United States and our allies, our democratic allies to remove this prosecutor from his position because he was corrupt and was not investigating companies like the one that Hunter Biden was on was a, a member of the board. So every day is opposite day. And they'll take something that has a grain of truth in it and they'll twist it to, in, in order to continue their corruption. This is how much they hate this country. It's amazing. And it's amazing how anyone will still vote for them. Any, that they're all circling the wagons. And when it goes to the Senate, we, we saw all week the, how... What a what a crime family we're dealing with. That Twitter doesn't give a shit about Ukraine. Those are his words. Well, it was that that's his uh, his ambassador to the EU. That's his words. Who said about Twitter? He just he said Twitter doesn't give a shit about Ukraine. He wants big things. Big things like what? Like an investigation of of Hunter Biden. That's big things. In his mind, because we're, it's Trump's world, Twitler's world. We all live in it. We're all being dragged through Twitler's manias. And I have to ask, how much longer are we going to take it from, from, from the Republicans? The Republicans are the enemies that the founders warned us about. Isn't that clear by now? They hate democracy. They are corrupting democracy. They are devaluing truth. Every day is opposite day. They don't want a democratic society. They want a king. His lawyers came forward and released a, a statement that sounded like it's right out of uh, Henry VIII, how you can't prosecute Twitler. He has absolute immunity to do what? They literally say this, that if he, in fact, the lawyers, Twitler's lawyers argued in court that, yes, if he shot somebody on Fifth Avenue, that's right. You couldn't do anything about it. That's not why all of those soldiers died. 
storming the beaches of Normandy. For this? For the, for, so Twitler and Giuliani and Lev Parnas and, and Devin Nunez and uh, all of these corrupt scumbags, Michael Cohen, who finally is getting what he deserves, at least he came forward. All of the, the, the worst human beings on the planet all rallying around each other, what, to make your lives better? To do, do you a favor? Don't be a fool. Don't be a Trump University graduate. Don't be that stupid. How is anybody that damn dumb? Somebody who has a, vi- a vitamin scam? Google Trump Network Vitamins and get back to me. Never has a damn member of the Trump family from, from as far back as we have records in the historical record, have, have any of the, tr- of the Twitlers, uh, member of his family, done anything for anybody but themselves? This is a, a pathological condition that the entire family shares. Oh, God. All right, I'm going to take a break because I need more tea. I can't believe how fast this show goes. I'm sorry I didn't do a weekday special this week. I just had no time. I don't know what we're going to do about this week coming up. I will try. I know it's Thanksgiving. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving, hanging out with your family. Hopefully they're not all Trump Z's. But, yeah, good luck with that. But maybe we can get together and talk about it. I don't know. Maybe Friday. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be one of those weeks. All right, listen. Listen up, guys. I wish I could see you. I'm sorry. When I when we get back to during the break, I'm going to look for where the hell this effing chat is. I can't see everybody. I hate that. I feel blind. I'm flying blind. I like to see you. I like to see your chats. Yes. Yes. I know. All right. Guys, my name is Tara Devlin. Let's get some tea and meet back here. In a, in a, well, or you can hang out and just listen to the Green News Report and Labor History in two. But it'll be about eight minutes, a little less than eight. So my name is Tara Devlin. I will be right... Well, where is it? Hold on a second. I'm getting the wrong video here. I can't believe how fast this show goes. I have so much other shit to say. All right. I will be right back. Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents our 1,000th episode of the Green News Report. Looking back and looking forward at 1,000 episodes of the GNR. All of that and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and the funniest snarky comment in our 1,000 episodes. And in 50 years, I don't want my grandson, Joe, to turn to me and say, Grandpa, you were in the Senate and you knew about the severity of climate change. 
Why didn't you do anything to stop it? And also, why are you still alive? You're 115 years old. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I miss Al Franken. Anyway, as noted, this is our 1,000th episode of the Green News Report, which you originally roped me into in February of 2009. So <laughs> yeah. congratulations uh-huh. on that. Uh, to help us celebrate the milestone, if we can call it that, our friend, longtime former Weather Channel meteorologist and extreme weather record tracker, Guy Walton sent some facts and figures to help us put things in perspective today. He uh, notes that when we started in February of 2009, levels of CO2 in the atmosphere were about 387 parts per million. In 2019, more than 10 years later, those levels have shot up now to 410 parts per million, which is a lot higher than climate scientists say we should be at. And when we started in 2009, Walton reports, global surface temperatures had already warmed one degree Celsius above pre-industrial levels. And in the nearly 11 years since then, the planet has warmed an additional two-tenths of a degree Celsius on average, which has brought with it more frequent back-to-back extreme weather disasters. Superstorm Sandy, Hurricanes Maria, Harvey, Michael, the California fires, the Mississippi River floods, to name just a few in the U.S. alone, that have cost the United States billions of dollars in damages. At this rate, Walton says, we are likely to reach the threshold of 1.5 degrees Celsius warming above pre-industrial temperatures by 2030. The year scientists say we must already be on track to cut our emissions in half. Guy also notes we are now seeing far more new daily high temperature records and far fewer daily low temperature records being broken as the planet warms than we were when we started in 2009. So Desi Doyen, clearly we have failed. (laughs) Yes, we have. Uh, Guy also adds, congratulations on number 1000. May the Green News Report become the Green New Reality Report by episode 2000. And our friend Dr. Michael E. Mann of the Earth System Science Center at Penn State University. He's the guy who created the infamous hockey stick graph. He sends in a note to say, I want to congratulate Desi and Brad, in parentheses, <laughs> on this milestone during a time when our public discourse has become polluted by vested interests and disinformation. Desi and Brad have used a foghorn of razor-sharp wit and incisive commentary to cut through the morass in their effort to inform the conversation about the existential environmental challenges including climate change, that we face today. He adds a thousand thank yous for the clarity and moral vision they have provided to their listeners. I look forward to celebrating the 2000 milestone and many more beyond that. Thank you. Michael Mann. Thank you, Dr. Mann. So what else do we have to mark GNR 1000? Well, when we started in 2009, international negotiations for the U.N. Paris Climate Accord were on the verge of collapse and were barely snatched out of the fire at the last minute by President Obama. By 2016, the landmark agreement to cut global emissions was signed and in full effect. But last week, President Trump filed formal paperwork to withdraw the U.S. from the accord by next year. In 2009, when we started, Tesla was the only car company to offer an all-electric car. Today, most car makers offer or plan to offer multiple all-electric car models, SUVs, semi-trucks, and some, like Volkswagen, have even announced they will be phasing out conventional gas cars entirely. So we haven't failed completely. 
And the economics of renewable energy have improved astronomically fast. The cost of energy from utility-scale solar plants alone has dropped nearly 90% over the last 10 years, making it cheaper than even natural gas in some areas, and the price is still falling. And finally, when we started, there was little media coverage and not much public engagement on climate change. Today, we have marches in the streets demanding governments act on climate change with the surge of activism and global climate strikes to address climate change. It's a sign of the times that Collins Dictionary named Climate Strike its word of the year from 2019. So we've gotten somewhere in 1,000 episodes. You got it. Check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share. Share us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. And our great thanks to those of you who have kept us going for 1,000 episodes, completely listener-supported, by stopping by bradblog.com donate. Thank you. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyle. And this has been your 1,000th Green News Report. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1785. That was the day the General Society of Mechanics and Tradesmen of the City of New York was founded. 22 skilled craftsmen with the motto, By Hammer in Hand, All Arts Do Stand, met on Pine Street to form a benevolent organization that could provide culture, education, and social services to craftsmen and their families. Two months later, founders met for their annual meeting. They represented many of the city's trades, including hatters, butchers, sailmakers, bolters, and comb makers. In his book, Chance Democratic, historian Sean Willett states, The General Society was intended to be a semi-political umbrella organization for all of the city's independent mechanics, to help oversee the trades and secure favorable legislation from local and national government. The group captured the ideal of mutuality and craft pride essential to artesian fraternities since the Middle Ages. The General Society opened one of the city's first free schools at a time when there were no public schools. It established a tuition-free mechanics institute, the General Society Library, and lecture series. The Mechanics Institute, founded in 1858, continues to provide free evening trades-related instruction. The library, established in 1820, is the second oldest library in New York City. It is also one of the few remaining membership-circulated libraries. Its collections and archives span two centuries. The General Society continues its tradition of public lectures in the form of the Labor, Literature, and Landmark series. More recently, it has added the Artesian Lecture series that features lectures by master artisans. The series also promotes the work and art of skilled craftsmen. The General Society has been at its current location at 20 West 44th Street since 1885. All right, guys, welcome back. Thank you for sticking around, hanging out, and we meet here every Saturday evening. And I want to say thanks to all of the patrons who donate monthly and keep the show going. We would like to invite everybody, if you can, $2 a month, $5 a month, whatever. It's like a, you know, if you're hanging out, go out and have a cup of coffee. That's... Throw uh, that in the into our uh, till. Become a 
patron. It's for the price of a cup of coffee is what I'm trying to say. Um, where is it? I want to thank Jude Morford. She also has, she's donated, and she's an amazing supporter of the show, and a sweet, kind person that we need. We need more about a million more of her. That would help this poor sad earth. I th- and but people like Jude and also you guys on the chat and all of the supporters in general. You, you give me hope. That's what I, I when I get really depressed, which I mean it's hard. It is we. Where the hell are we living? It's really a, it's stressful to live in the United States of serfs and lords. It completely is. Wouldn't it be great if I mean honestly I, one of the stresses I can relate to. Um, thankfully I'm not sick currently, but that could change tomorrow. Right? That's the nature of being alive. But I have a... That's one of my stressors. I think about, what do, what do I do if I get sick? Only only in America. And you go there but for the grace of God. Which I don't believe in a giant sky spook sitting on a cloud making a list of who's naughty or who's nice. Uh, I think that's ridiculous. Well, whatever. Whatever your your feelings are. But, you know, whatever. Whatever keeps you going. But, um, yeah. Uh, in other countries, they don't worry about this kind of shit. They, there's other things to worry about. There's always something to worry about. But I, was, I told you guys I was talking to a friend of mine who's from Ireland. And he said, you know, now that he's living here now, that uh, in the first time of his life he got sick and he didn't go to the doctor because he was afraid of the bill. In Ireland, if he was sick, he'd just go to the doctor. He said he had a problem with his jaw once, a little a pain, and it wasn't even that serious. He went. He went to check it out, make sure it was okay. But here, he was worse. He, he had a more serious illness, uh, a lot sicker than he was when he had a pain in his jaw that concerned him that he went to the doctor in Ireland. But he didn't go because he was like, can I afford this? What's, wh- I mean, should I just hold it off? That's what, that's what people do all the time here. That, that's a culture here. You don't, if you're sick, th- this is why people needlessly die in America. Our life expectancy is going down. But not for the rich, though. That's the other thing. We are very good at taking care of the, of the already pampered. In this country, and th- that's part of the problem. And then when you have a Democratic Party, uh, we have some Democrats who are awakening to this fact. And I understand that in the future, because young people are not—they're not—they don't buy the bullshit, the old DLC bullshit about socialism. They're not afraid to—they understand—they un- they understand that they've been left behind by Reaganomics, that they're on the other side. Of Reaganomics, they're on the the reality of trickle down bullshit. They're coming out of college with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. What kind of society sets young people up with, to be indentured servants to the banks? And because of the internet, the world is a, a much smaller place, and they don't they they see the world. They don't they don't they don't rely on the fear that's coming out of Fox News, the bullshit. And I'm so sick of listening 
do the bullshit about we uh, Medicare for all. We can't do it. We just can't. Everybody else can do it but us. But that's another story. I mean, we this is an ongoing thing. Of course it is until we have it. And if when we do ha- when we do get it finally, it doesn't mean that it's perfect. You fix it. But if everybody's in, nobody out. We that that's how you can prevent this constant stress of Republicans attacking it and whittling away at it. That's the only way we're gonna we're gonna succeed. That's why I can't stand this bullshit about Medicare for all who want it. What kind of shit is that? It's well, it's shit. No wonder Pete Buttigieg is taking the re- uh, the most of his fu- of his funding is coming from billionaires. He's uh, he he has taken of all the Democratic candidates the most. He 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 really leads the pack in billionaire donations, quote-unquote. But they love him. I don't know why. That's, uh, all right. Uh, he, he sounds fine. What the hell does he say? What does he, is, does, can anybody explain to me what exactly he I guess it's this vapidness that they appreciate. The, oh, Heidi flighty language about real solutions. What does that mean? We need real solutions. Okay, what? So Medicare for all isn't a real solution. That's actually the only solution. It's a real solution. Oh, let's be realistic. We don't want to go too far left. What is too far left? This is what we were talking about left with too far left. But what does that mean? It means that do not, do not question the powerful. Do not try to usurp them from the catbird seat of power. Do not remove them from the body politic. Don't pester your betters. Let them keep on grifting. Let government function to to pamper the already pampered. That's, you know, don't go too crazy now with your wanting things. Like uh, some benefits for your the tax dollars other than funding endless wars of corporate aggression. But I want to thank, speaking of funding... Thank you, Andrea and Anthony, Cynthia, Damascats, Daniel, Deborah, Dwayne, Elaine, Gail, Hi-Fi Guy, Haiku, James, Jane, Jim, Joan, Joey, and John, Kathleen, Katie, Kay, Lord Wafflecat, Mark, Martin, and Martin S. Two Martin S's, really. Mary, Max F., Michael D, Michael L D, Paradu, Paradu, is that like Xanadu? Peter Ritz, Randall, Stephen King. Oh, I said his name. Look at the hell's wrong with me. <laughs> Not that it matters. I mean, I don't know why. Some people they, they were like, just say my name. But I think I think I would mangle people's names. That's kind of why. Susan, Teresa. And Tony, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for being patrons. That's I really can't do it without you. So that is putting it mildly. And also, we got a super chat. Where is that? I want to say that's another thing you can do if you have whatever. If you're hanging out and you want to throw some money into the till, there you could do a super chat like George Allen. Thank you. And I love that little cat. 
emoji. That's so cute. All right. Yeah. Well, so many things. Here, what's, what the effing time is it? Jesus Christ. Time is flying. This is our lives going by. All right. We got to the bottom of that. Re Republicans suck. They hate America. They hate democracy. They're traitors. They're, they're expounding Putin's propaganda. Doesn't matter how many times you tell them. They're going to enable their, their disgusting, unfit Putin puppet, tax-cheating, draft-dodging con man who received fewer votes. They are destroying America. And actually, let's just play this. I'm sure you saw this video a couple of videos man i don't even know i was gonna uh, there's other things i could probably play but they since i'm talking about it the, here's lindsey graham did you see him turning his back on that man actually let me, i'm not gonna play it because i think the audio is really crappy but you guys saw that a veteran came over to him and said i uh i served in the iraq and i'm I don't, he said something nice to Lindsay. I don't like the way the media reports on you, but report, oh, whatever, whatever they say about you. I'm trying to guess, get on his good side. And he said, but I do, don't you see that um, I do, what the hell is going on? Yeah, uh, Trump is not, for, he, I took an oath, you took an oath. Don't you see that Trump is violating his oath of office? And Lindsey Graham's like, uh, that's it. I got to go. Bye. That's it. That's the end. Bye. And then the guy was like, that's it? And he's like, yeah, that's it. He just walked away like a little slinky little bug. Uh, coward. Cowardly. Disgusting. Vile. No, spineless. How do you allow it to continue, Lindsay? You know what a disgusting human being Trump is. And you know what a traitor he is. So what does Putin have on you? But there's, it's not just Lindsay. It's the entire Republican Party. Devin Nunez, Jim Jordan, put a jacket on, you disheveled pedophile. But... There, it's uh, it's pathological with the right. I want, I really do want them to secede. And this is, it's where democracy is on the ropes because we have one party that is completely off the rails, fascist, and installing an autocrat. Not only a, a I mean, honestly, we have to be grateful uh, to to a degree that Twitter is so completely inept because that's my fear when the if the democrats do not run someone who inspires in not only enthusiasm but recognizes that the the underlying problem in this country that the that we are corrupted by money that we are the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap that and into that gap of anxiety and stress and the uh, and and unfulfilled promises of the of having a middle class life, a decent middle class life, where you could save money, you can go on a vacation now and then, maybe get the hell out of the country, which I would recommend. But who could who could get out of the country? You can't take a vacation. You have no money. You're living paycheck to paycheck, as we saw when Twitter shut down the government. That people they can, all of a sudden they're on a they're in a food bank. You can't miss two paychecks or one even before your everything is come comes crumbling down. That's not 
a middle class. That is a working poor. And they have redefined the, the once, uh, Ameri once envy of the world, the middle class that, the, that FDR's New Deal created, and now it's the working poor. It's, you're not middle class if you can't miss one paycheck. That's not middle class. If you're deciding between your medicine and your rent, you're not in the middle class. You're in the working poor. And 70% of Americans cannot handle a $400 emergency. That's not middle class. And one-third of Americans cannot retire. That is not middle class. So we, this system is completely broken. If you have a, a, a candidate who doesn't recognize that, we're in deeper shit than we already think we, than, than we already know we're in. Like when Obama says the American people don't want to destroy the system. No, they want they just want a system that works. We want a system that we were promised, that the founders promised us in the our, in the in the founding documents. A government of by and for the people that promotes the general welfare over the welfare of the corporate elite. Where equal justice under the law, where you pay your taxes and you have you've paid the the admission price into society into a civilization that works, not just for the one percent. Where you this isn't the gilded age. Yeah, we heard these stories from our grandparents how that you can have a job and earn a decent living in spite of whether you were a friggin' business. CEO or an entrepreneur, the, that's, that's the American dream. Everyone deserves a decent middle-class life. Whether you're sleep, sweeping the floors, picking up garbage like my father did, or you're in the boardroom, everyone has value here. It's not, hey, you too can be a billionaire. That's not the American dream. But Republicans have redefined it. And we need to stop having the uh, uh, we have to shake these effing republicans and wake these americans these so-called whatever they i mean i don't know what they are whatever i was always i guess they're americans whatever they were born here right these republicans this is what i'm talking about because it's uh they got to shake them out of their stupor that you know um they're not temporarily embarrassed billionaires they're if they're trading your time for a paycheck and they're not they're not able to get by and they're you know whatever uh they they and have a standard of living that their grandparents had by what that seems to be their birthright you know um you're not um you know why are you voting republican you're not a capitalist you're a laborer get it get it through your thick skull have some pride in the working class, we're the ones. The working class is the 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 backbone of every civilization. We make this thing run. Not not the billionaires. And when you when you're a billionaire, that's you. you, you there be, there comes a point where the entire apparatus of the system is that is so broken conspires to funnel more money into your pocket. There is no reason why anybody should be a billionaire. And if they're whining about, oh, um, Elizabeth Warren wants to give me a wealth tax, she wants to tax two cents 
on every dollar above a certain amount. Why friggin' why? But I want to play this, actually, now that I'm saying this. I don't know if you, this was kind of, um, this was like a week ago, this, a billionaire. Billionaires are really crying now. Okay, so we got, this is the theme of the show. Now that we, we got through the first half, it's not through it, but what I wanted to say, we've said it. Republicans hate America. They hate democracy. They don't give a shit. They're going to enable Twitter, and he must be stopped. Okay, the other part of that, the uh, perfect, perfect storm of the end of the grand experiment is the billionaire class. We have this corrupt inside elite working in concert with the corporate media. Of course, they have the propaganda. And, and, I mean, I was going to say, this is why during the couple of thousands of years that the that western civilization was was under the thumb of an intergenerational aristocracy they worked in concert with the religious authorities to keep people in their place that's partly well partly that is why republicans who pretend to be all about jesus but they're not, they're all about the i mean what are they about they're they're about making you think they're all about jesus because if jesus came back for real they crucify him again but they uh they pretend wait what was i gonna say see it went out of my fucking head that okay the other thing is uh they the the billionaires the corrupt billionaires that have bought the system and the republicans have no problem with that if they really loved america they would understand how dangerous it is as FDR understood as any as as Jefferson understood the how do you I, I'm tr- I'm just paraphrasing now he he wrote letters about it how, how do you stop the I'm trying to remember how he put it the power of he didn't say concentrated wealth but um, he but he talked about progressive taxation if let me if I just Google it Jefferson progressive taxation I'm trying to remember how he put it but he's not the only one it wasn't just Jefferson here Tarajan you gotta get down um of course Teddy Roosevelt I love that the way these filthy Republicans they all quote oh Teddy Roosevelt they these uh, you know meanwhile Roosevelt would not be Teddy Roosevelt would not be a Republican today yes Thomas Jefferson invented progressive taxation. Over a century ago, there were virtually no direct taxation on American citizens until the 80s. A progressive tax system was seen as the best way to decrease the gap between the wealthiest and poorest Americans. At the same time, progressive taxes could fund a social safety net that supported the middle class and the military. This ideology was introduced to us by the third president of the United States and founding father Jeff, uh, Thomas Jefferson in the 1780s. As the New Republic's first ambassador to France, Jefferson saw inequality on a whole new scale. He decided to disguise himself as a traveler among the French poor. Hi, Junior. Getting himself invited to their hovels, eating their food, and recording every detail about their lives. In a letter to James Madison, Jefferson described a country, a country, yeah, this is the letter I was referring to. All right, guys, I mean, I'm not talking, not guys, Tara Jr., sit down, damn it. 
in a this is from a sorry I should have credited this. This is from a an article at a website called Civics Nation. In a letter to James Madison, Jefferson described a country walk near Fontainebleau. Fontainebleau, right? That's how you pronounce it. Jefferson met a poor woman on the road and pretended to be lost so that he could receive details about her poverty-stricken life. Just before he left, Jefferson gave the woman a sum of money that amounted to three days' pay for labor, bringing the woman to tears. His letter goes on to criticize the vast tracts of idle and un uncultivated land in the situation where cultivation of land could give the poor a much-needed opportunity to, pr to improve their socioeconomic status. Here's part of what Jefferson wrote to Madison. I'm conscious that an equal division of property is impractical, but the consequences of this enormous inequality producing so much misery in the bulk of mankind, legislators cannot invent too many devices for subverting property, only taking care to let their subdivisions go hand in hand with the natural affections of the human mind. The descent of property of every kind, therefore, to all the children or to all the brothers and sisters or to other relations in equal degree is a po politic measure and a practical one. Another means of silencing, of silently lessening the inequality of property is to exempt from taxation below a certain point and to tax the higher portions of property in geometrical progressions as they rise. Okay. You, everybody understood what that meant. Progressive taxation. And anyway, now we have the, the companies, billions, billion dollar companies that are not paying a dime in taxes. That's not progressive taxation. This is oligarchy. This is the system, a feudal, it's a neo corporate, a neo feudal corporate system the likes of which the founders fought a revolution to escape. And, and yeah, it doesn't look exactly like the a, a feudal system or a intergenerational aristocracy, a monarchy. No, but it's it's damn goddamn close. It it has our modern tinge to it, where you call the autocrats president instead of uh, you know your majesty. But anyway, but the billionaires are really are really crying. I don't know if you saw this guy, Le Leon Cooperman. He's very upset that uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren want to tax him. And he, cr he actually cried on, on CNBC about this, the poor deer. They're all crying. I, I know today that I, I saw that Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, is going to put $30 million, 30, yeah, is it million? Yeah, I was going to say billion. That's too much. A couple of B's here, a couple of zeros, you know, we're talking about real money, but $30 million into an ad buy. Who gives a shit? Get away from me. You see what I'm saying? We don't need this shit with these billionaires. Who? How dare these arrogant little bastards, these little Napoleons, think they're going to come and save us. They're going to save us, you see, from the, having to what? Not die from a curable disease because we are afraid to go to a goddamn doctor? We're, they're going to save us from being a, an indentured servant of the banks? 
No, they're gonna save us from the freedom of of being freedom from the banksters. They're gonna save us from the freedom to go to a doctor when sick. These scumbags. Thirty million dollars into an ad buy to tell us what we can't do. We can't get too close to their power. You see, we can't strip them of their access to our to our so-called representatives the power to influence government don't let them do that what they should be able to petition government of course like all of us it's in our constitution but they shouldn't be able to outright buy politicians which is what they do it's all disgusting and it's anti-democratic and it's an offense to everyone who died for this country. That's what gets me most upset, thinking about all the young lives lost over all the generations, all the grief that were inflicted on mothers who had to bury their sons and daughters now, too. Because why? Because they believed in this grand experiment. At least that's what we were told. But now we're not, what are we, what are we fighting for? We, our, our reward comes in heaven again. And so this guy, he literally said this. I can't even believe it. That's why I want to play this. So uh, he, this is Leon Cooperman. Let me just play the first part of his, his rambling appearance on C-SPAN. It's ridiculous. Here he is. Um, with this letter, why did you feel so compelled to write this letter directly to Senator Warren Lee? Well, you know, uh, Aristotle, I think, observed that uh, basically the last virtue of a society is tolerance and uh, indifference. He's a, he's a victim. We're, we won't tolerate his rapacious wealth gobbling up the entire, every, every corner of civilization. Boo-hoo! And so I preach engagement, and I feel she's taking the country down a very wrong path. I noticed today in the Wall Street Journal, uh, they had an editorial that said, Warren has a fantasy plan. What she's peddling is bull, total, complete bull. Yeah, not for the rest of the world, though, just for Americans, because we're dumb. We're stupid. We have people in this country that are so dumb, they vote for Devin Nunes, and they, they send Jim Jordan to represent them. Imagine that. You got somebody who you're going to send to be your ambassador, and you're like, hey, Jim Jordan, that's him. Send him up there. Put him in, coach. What's, that, what's wrong with you? You know, and by the way, that comes from somebody who believes in the progressive income tax structure, who believes the rich should pay more, okay? I oh, how good of you. Problem with that. What we have to do as a nation is... See, this is, a, it's like a Trump tactic. I believe in... In clean water and clean air. I want the cleanest, uh, uh, breathable air you got. Everything's clean and wonderful while they're polluting and poisoning and destroying the, the planet. Side on what should the max and tax rate be on wealthy people, and let's move it there and deal with our issues. You know, uh, Frankly, if people are stupid enough to not see that the entire corporate media is against Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, and to take that as, and not take that as, as a compliment, as the fact that they are talking about exactly what this country needs, then we're far more stupid 
than I ever believed or hoped that we were. I have no problem with that. Uh, as I said in my letter to Pre uh, Senator Warren, I have no problem working six months a year for the government, six months for myself, which implies— Do you? Well, why are you on CNBC whining like a little bitch? 50% tax rate. Uh, my guess is she wants a lot and more. And he doesn't have a 50% tax rate, everyone. That's a lie. And if he did, I mean, they have 50% oh, a near— I, It's not even that much more than we pay— but in uh, in the Scandinavian countries, oh, they pay such outrageous taxes. But they have a happiest standard of living. They're 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 consistently the happiest countries on earth. I don't know how they can do it. Wealth tax is a bankrupt concept. There are 14 or so nations that have tried it and they've dropped it. I mean, it's a nightmare. For 50 years, it's a nightmare. I could think I could think of other nightmares like not knowing where. Um, you know, you're going to be able to afford your diabetes medicine or splitting your diabetes medicine in half and dropping dead on the way to your third uniquely American low-paying job with no benefits and no security. But you're dead, so who cares, right? We've been promised, you know, simplification by the IRS. This would be a night. What? what do you hear this bullshit? We've been promised simplification and this and quotes and it's... He's all over the place. But the consistent theme is he's whining. It would be a nightmare. Every year you're going to calculate your net worth and then you're going to give 2% of your net worth to the government. Is it really a nightmare, honey? Is that a nightmare to you? Then if that's your nightmare, brother, you should get on your knees and thank God that that's your fucking nightmare. Not that you're splitting your diabetes medicine in half, you bitch. Ridiculous. Gold would surge because people would find gold as a place to hide their wealth. Well, then you write a law that prevents them from doing that. If, they're, if you're that unpatriotic and that greedy, if you're a greedy little grifter and all you want is money, money, money for your greedy little paws that's never enough for you, then you write a law to stop them. But, you know, whatever. Uh, it's just the wrong idea. It's a bankrupt. It's just wrong. It's bankrupt. It's a nightmare. It's you got to do this. You got to do 2% and every year it's going to be bad. They're going to do that instead. And who wants it? Concept. And I think that her and Bernie Sanders are presenting a lot of ideas to the public, which are morally and socially bankrupt. <laughs> we will get yeah, morally and socially bankrupt, right? It's not morally and socially bankrupt to let your fellow Americans die needlessly or go bankrupt. It's not morally and socially bankrupt to leave 85 million Americans with absolutely no health care. That's not morally bankrupt. But it's morally bankrupt to ask this mother effer to pay his fair share. To pay what... He had his 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 uh, his conservative billion. Well, not wasn't billionaires. I'm saying what what Eisenhower, what that socialist Eisenhower had the likes of him pay back in the day when we were really cooking, you know, with gas here in the United States. Everybody seemed to be. You can have a decent middle class life, and there were still rich people here. 
Forgive me this one thing. I came across a quote you this morning. You can see what the arrogance of this asshole. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I got to read this. He's really on a roll. This, And let me tell you, this goes on for like over 10 minutes. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but it goes on. It's a very long segment. He's just, he he's running the gamut of emotions. He's reading He's reading poetry. He's qu- quoting Aristotle. He's talking about nightmares. He's crying. It's really uh, uh, one for the books. Beautiful. This is a black economist. Uh, uh, he's black. Why does he have to be black? Why does he point out that he's black? Because he's a racist old cracker, too. Associated with the Hoover Institute. Uh, um, he's a conservative. American. Uh, and he says, since this- Well, that means it must be uh, progressive, right? He's a black. It's an era when many people are concerned about fairness and social justice. What is your fair share of what someone else has worked for? That- you haven't worked for that shit, Cooperman? That's the other thing. What is your fair share? Now he's a social justice warrior. Boo-hoo! Boo-hoo for me. What about billionaires? Who will somebody think of the billionaires? Forget the children. Forget it. Forget them. We got, who's going to think about the billionaires? Don't worry. We got Republicans thinking about the billionaires and their Democratic cohorts like like uh, Amy Klobuchar. Don't worry. She's thinking about the billionaires. Pete Buttigieg is thinking about the billionaires. Biden's thinking about the billionaires. Don't worry, Cooperman. Not all of them are thinking about the, the rest of us, though. We're supposed to be fine with leaving 85 million Americans behind with no health care or the fact that Americans drop dead on the way to their third uniquely American low-paying job because they, they're, not, they're stepping on their diabetes medicine. That's normal? This friggin' bastard. The essence of the argument. I have no problem with the progressive income tax structure. I have no problem paying more. The fact well, how of the matter big is, of you? How big of you? I read somewhere that Elizabeth Warren is worth $18 million dollars which isn't true. It's more like 12 million, but whatever. That's another story. Is she going to give to the society? Okay. I well, she's also giving. She's she got that money from different from consulting for legal cases. I looked that up to see how did she make her money? Because honestly, it's really true. If you make if you get rich in politics, you're a crook. That's what um Harry Truman said. That's one of his famous quotes, but it's really true. If, if that's how you made your money in politics, you're a crook. But the how Elizabeth Warren made a lot of her money, bef- I don't know, all of it. I read an article that she, the, the bulk of her money came from consulting work on legal cases. So being paid to, you know, be the expert, whatever, in, a, in somebody's lawsuit. I plan to give all my money back. I have a fabulous uh, a family that works with me. Uh, they were part of my decision to take the giving pledge, and I told them at the time my plan was to give away all my money, not half. Oh, good for you. Well, why are you whining then? Give away all my money. Give and it away my now, bitch. Plan is half I'm going to give away in my lifetime, and the other half I'm going to give to my family as a legacy in the form of a foundation where they can meet periodically and give away the yeah. money. So, poor thing. Well, you're going to be, you're going to die like the rest of us. Boo-hoo. So, go ahead. I'm crying. Go finish your thought, Lee. Well, I I don't need Elizabeth Warren or the government giving away my money. Just tell me what you think. Well, then get out of America. I don't need it either. That's why we pay taxes, though. But when I, I would like something to say, right? I mean, this is why you elect representatives. 
So you have a say. Okay, I'm tired of sending uh, my tax dollars to Washington, and it funneled up to you, Cooperman, Leon. Tax rate should be. Stop talking about 2% where you, where you, where you basically misrepresenting why? the facts. It's 2%. Why talk about 2 Why not? The wealth. Just think about this. If yeah, Jeff I'm thinking Bezos about it, is and wealth, I love it. tied up all in Amazon stock, he's going to be forced every year to sell 2% of his stock. If he's a greedy what? little bitch, he's going to be forced every year. If Oh, so here's the, here, here's the logic. If, if Bezos has to sell, he has to pay 2%, he will have to, and all of his money is tied up in his own stock, Every year he'll be forced to sell 2% of his stock. What a tragedy. Well, isn't that better than it's sitting in a friggin' bank account in Switzerland somewhere or some, some bankster's bank account where it's doing nothing? How about you give it to somebody so it stimulates the economy? You, you have it paying for health care, sending kids to college. Things like that, roads, bridges, infrastructure, Green New Deal, saving the planet, innovation, and maybe just like in the great, in that time of, in American history called the Great Prosperity, we had, we, where billionaires paid the 90% to 70-something percent top marginal tax rate, and everyone could have a job that paid a living wage and had benefits and job security and could retire, go on vacation, buy a car every now and then, had a decent middle-class life, could send their kids to school, and we even had enough left over that we sent men to the moon. God damn it. What about that? Maybe we could do something instead of sending our troops to die in another war of corporate aggression. We can actually come up with things that are positive to do together. Instead of you sitting in front of your computer like a little troll, like looking at the precious, like you're in the friggin' uh, the, the two towers going, oh, I want my precious. The precious, there goes that decimal point up 1%. Give me the precious. The outlook is for the company. That's just wrong. It's wrong. It's going to lead to uh, uh, inappropriate actions in the economy that are counterproductive. That are counterproductive. Says who? Says him. He's now he, who? He's Miss Cleo now? This bitch? Here's part two. Wait. You're not the only one, agree. by the way. You're, you're not the only one who, who makes that point. In fact, I was going through oh. Twitter this morning before, you know, in preparation for our interview, and, and Mark Cuban the other day said a, a very similar thing. Wonders about the impact on the stock and other liquidity markets. Holy shit. Like what are we going to do? So someone might have to sell some stock. You, uh, other billionaires, maybe Bezos or whoever. What? Oh, uh, is what forced a, to sell stock, for example. What about mothers forced to not take their kid to a goddamn doctor when they're sick? What about uh, uh, human beings who get sick and uh, they can't drive their Uber? So what do they do? They lose their apartment. What about, I mean, we can go on and on, but we're supposed to get the friggin' violins out because Bezos might have to sell some stock. So this asshole can get his precious, precious zero at the end of his uh, bank account. 
raise cash to deal with a wealth tax. Well, I don't have the problem of concentrated wealth. I'm very diversified. Hey, bitch. We're not. See, here we go. With the concentrated wealth, asshole, is not about you being diversified, douchebag. It's about all the money and profits going to the one percent. It's not. See, these these sociopaths. The the world. The center of the universe is very crowded with these idiots. It's it's crowded with Republicans and these greed-centered sociopaths. These ghosts of the Gilded Age. Get them out of this country, for Christ's sakes. You know what FDR said when he, when he, there was, he was saying that the rich have been crying that if we raise their taxes, they'll, uh, they'll all leave the country in revolt. And FDR said, we will miss them, it, you know, as a joke. Goodbye. Get the hell out. We will miss you, honey. Send us a postcard. Go to Somalia. Go to Liberland. You know, send us a postcard there if you can find a post office because they don't have government there. So good luck. But, you know, maybe you could innovate. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Build a road. Build an infrastructure for yourself only. Don't use our infrastructure, our road, our people. I don't, I mean, I don't understand these people. They want all the benefits of society, all the benefits of, ci of civilization, but none of the responsibilities. They hate this country. These, are, these aren't patriots. If all you're thinking of is how much I'm not going to pay, I don't want to pay my taxes, you don't see the unfairness in the system. How can they? They're looking in the mirror constantly. They're close up to the mirror. Their face is pressed against it, making out with themselves. But they're, these are patriots? No. They're, they're, they're disgusting. They're thieves. They are succubuses. This is a, they're parasites. Sucking off the, uh, the, the teat of America, of the, of the civilization, of the work that we do. Problem is I think what she's recommending or suggesting is just morally wrong. You know, I pay taxes on my income while Morally I was Morally wrong. I pay 37% federal tax, depending on what state you lived in. Could you believe this is going on, how long this interview more. is? I pay the FICA tax. Could you imagine pay... if they give Bernie Sanders time like this? All they do is on, on TV, especially CNBC, forget it. But Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, it's just a nonstop Bernie bash. And Elizabeth Warren bash now because, oh, you know, we can have universal health care, of course. I just want to get to this quote. Would says, you meet with Senator Warren? Money, but would you meet with Senator Warren? In a heartbeat. And, uh, yeah, Why would I you want to meet with you? You're an old cracker. Enmity, uh, whatever. You're a selfish uh, old uh, cracker. Uh, you know, uh, they just have a different philosophy, and they're in the sound by, sound by business. You know, I repeat what uh, I said. This is going on. Ago, I'm telling you, over 10 minutes. If we got one tenth. Okay, I just want. This is the second time he is repeating this quote. Here it is. I didn't. We didn't hear it the first time, but I just cut out a whole bunch of time on this video because I'm looking at the time. And but just keep in mind, this is the second time he got. He had to repeat this quote. You know, I repeat what I said a moment ago. Because I don't want it to go past anybody. If we got one tenth of what was promised to us in the State of the Union speeches, there wouldn't be any inducement to go to heaven. 
Will this, so that's a quote from Will Rogers. I don't know why he is quoting it. If we got one-tenth of what we were promised in a State of the Union address, we wouldn't have a need to go to heaven. We wouldn't want to go to heaven. That is a an endorsement for making government work for all, you stupid white cracker. I don't know why he... That's why it's so baffling that he feels the need to read it twice. Be, that It means that... What it's saying is that the American people are being promised riches and rewards in heaven. So he's saying, if we're getting, that's what Will Rogers was saying, if we get, if we were, if we got one half of what we were promised in the State of the Union address so we wouldn't have the need to go to heaven, he's basically arguing against himself there. But he's so stupid and I don't know. I guess he thinks that he whatever comes out of his mouth is he's like Trump is it's it's clever and and he's really teaching us all something about ourselves. You know, good for him. But he's really saying exactly what I'm saying. Make the government work for all. Pay your taxes, dumb bitch. And the these Republicans won't ha- they're peddling um this uh, fantasy of don't pester your betters and you'll get your reward in heaven, that, that, will, that point will be moot because we'll have a functioning democracy that's, that uh, works for everybody more than the goddamn Leon Coopermans of the world. Uh, they just have a different philosophy. Well, and they're in the sound by, sound by business. You know, I repeat what I said a moment ago, but I don't want it to go past anybody. Yeah, don't worry, if bitch. we got one-tenth of what was promised to us in the State of the Union speeches, there wouldn't be any inducement to go to heaven. Will Rogers. And the- <laughs> what does that mean in his, in his argument? It's so ridiculous. They're such idiots. You say, Will Rogers. We wouldn't. So what you're saying is that we shouldn't give people... A functioning democracy because then they won't want to go to heaven and get their mansion and live with Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix in a big giant fantasy uh, island right that's what that's his point so no progressive taxation hands down oh, God all right guys I'm looking at the time I cannot believe how fast this time goes I wish I had more patrons, though, because then one day we can have a daily show. We can have more show. That's just the way it's going to be. If we have more show, we would have, well, if we had more patrons, we'd have more show. And if we had more show, we'd have more patrons. (laughs) It's like a catch-22 up the wazoo. But we will be here next Saturday, and I'm going to see what happens this week. I hope to be able to do another Tower Buster before Thanksgiving. If not, have a happy holiday. What else? I want to thank everyone again for sticking around and for all your support. We do have a lot of very dedicated listeners and viewers. I really appreciate you guys reaching out. And um, so not just supporting financially, of course, I appreciate that. And that is the backbone of how we're going to grow. But the other things that you do to tweet about the show, to talk about the show, to share it with your friends. If you ever get on to another show, if you get onto another progressive talk show, be sure to mention Tara Buster. Let's get the word out and hopefully 
will keep growing. And I want to thank you guys for being early adopters of the show. Otherwise, what, what would we do? How would I get through this? I appreciate it. It's, it's therapy for the resistance. It really is. I don't know. I feel better knowing that I'm not alone. And that's why getting together every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 is, it is for me, um, something that I, I look forward to every week. That's why I want to do it more often. So I want to thank everyone for hanging out. And thank you, George Allen, again, for your super chat. And if I missed anyone on the super chat, I apologize. Anyone else? That's the only super chat I see. But it's okay. I still love everyone. Thanks for your, you know, for being here. When, as soon as I log on and I see people going into the chat room, it motivates me to continue. So thank you. As I always say, we stick together, we win, and we will win because we are on the right side of history and we are on the right side of humanity. My name is Tara Devlin. I will see you later.